Hey guys, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones, and you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 2nd of April 2019. And I need to just take a second. I'm, I'm actually very glad and excited that I get to do this podcast this week because I feel like I had a shitty day yesterday and I've been thinking about the last week and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't even, maybe it wasn't the best week. Maybe I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking too much. Like, um, comedy festival has been, how's it been? I, uh, <laughs> this is how I think. This is a good indication of where I start my thought process at. My numbers have been out of 30, 30, 30, uh, 18, 30, 10, 17, 18. And last night I also had plus fucking Samanas passes and shit. But that's been my sales figures with... So what's that? Ten, ten, oh, actually, why am I trying to... I'm not going to do some fucking addition in my head. Like, it's been pretty good. The numbers have been good. I've sold out three and one of them was 10 and then the others were, you know, two-thirds or more. Around two-thirds full. Um, the show's good. I've had some bad shows. I've had some good shows. Last night, I had Steve Bennett in who reviews for Chortle. He's like one of the most respected comedy reviewers in comedy. And uh, it, I, I had good numbers in. I had people in. Um, some friends came to see me, which I was very thankful for. And the show apparently went okay, but I really was just so stressed about it. It was the... the I, it was the culmination of like a lot the the last week. I think what I'm I think what's happening is I'm finding out the difference between doing your first comedy festival and like last year the festival that I had as a debut. It was very exciting because everyone was paying attention to me and there was talk about like you know are you gonna maybe get nominated for best newcomer and and people who had fucking no exposure to my comedy suddenly were paying attention to me. It was really exciting. And this year, I'm just another of, you know, second years, suddenly you're one of the rest of the field. Um, and I'm just kind of coming to grips with that. Uh, like, my tickets aren't selling as well. I don't think. I'm not sure. Fuck, I wish I could check. But I didn't keep records of it. <laughs> I just am going by my feeling. <laughs> I'm like equating those two things, I think. I'm like, well, I remember feeling better last year, so my tickets mustn't be selling as well. I'm probably making more money, to be honest. (laughs) I think last year, I am making more money. I think last year, my settlement was like two and a half grand, and this year it's on track to be like at least easily double that. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't feel as happy. And in my head, it's like, well, it can't be because my emotions are different. It must just be money. Why do I, why am I only linking my happiness with my, like in my head somehow, I can only be happy or sad because of there's like more or less money and more money should be making me more happy. But it's not, it's not. Although, I mean, like, okay, maybe money doesn't make you happy or maybe... I just need to wait until I get the money and then I'll be happy. (laughs) Maybe the money will make me happy once it's actually in my bank account. 
Um, that's all I need to do. I just need to wait to see the numbers. And then, <laughs> um, man, how's I was fucking, uh, you know, when you pay for something and, uh, and then you look at your bank account and you're like, oh, I only just had enough money to pay for that. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> like you tap your card and you just do it completely nonchalantly. And then you check your bank and you're like, whoa, 23 cents. Sick. That was almost a very embarrassing moment. <laughs> that happened last night. Me and Blake went and got dinner, and he tried to pay first, and it got declined. <laughs> and then I went to pay, and I paid, and it was fine. And in my head, I had like 200 bucks in my account. And then I went to pay, and I looked at my account, and I had like $3. And uh, I should have had more money in my account than that, so I checked, and there's... $120 transaction there from something that I don't remember. eBay? eBay something? But then I looked at the website and it's like eBay hyphen buying hyphen like account hyphen now at eBay.com. So the domain is still eBay. I don't know what it is. And it went through fucking PayPal. There's a lot of third parties. I've registered my displeasure and my... No, not displeasure. I've registered my suspicion. My suspicion of this activity with paypal um and i'm waiting to hear back from them i don't know what that was i don't even know if that's right like i pressed a button on paypal and they're like thank you and uh and now i just i guess i wait until i never hear back from them and then eventually it's it's so wild because 120 bucks like it's in my account and it's annoying to me because it's 120 bucks but it's not actual money that i have in my hand so i'm almost ready to just not I'm ready to let it go. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, ah, it's PayPal. They're probably right. And it's like 120 bucks. I don't need that money right now, even though that's for fucking a heap of money. A part of me is just like, I don't want to think about it. Just let it go. <laughs> like I'm paying 120 bucks to not have the stress of trying to earn 120 bucks. At this point, if eBay were just like, oh no, if, if PayPal were just like, nah, we're right, you're wrong. I'd be like, oh, all right, thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry. I'd probably apologize. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, guys. That was, um, I mean, yeah, I've got more money in my account than that. I'm fine. I'm fucking pay rent. You know what I'm going to do today? Go to Centrelink. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go straight down to fucking Centrelink because my niece payment's just finished. And I don't get money from the festival for another fucking, like, three, four weeks. <sighs> that Last night, that show really stressed me out, having Steve Bennett in. And, like, there was a moment in the middle of the show when I kind of, uh, I just faltered, you know? Like, I just, I was getting all the the show being as it is with these cards that I've, the concept, like, I draw these cards out and have stories. Uh, I was getting all cards in the in the last third of the show, so the first two thirds I wasn't getting anything, so I couldn't really do like a lot of the stories. And and, and about forty minutes into the show, I think I had a real stumble because I saw that that or thirty probably thirty minutes into the show, I had a real stumble because I knew that was happening, and I kept drawing cards that were you know too far in, and I kind of went ah oh, and like did it. Uh, and then that made me get in my head and I was like, Steve Bennett can tell. Steve Bennett knows. He knows that I'm, I'm fucking up. And he's looking at me and he hates me. 
after the show, my friends just fucking talked to me, took me down off my ledge. I smoked two cigarettes back to back, which I never do. I never smoke two cigarettes back to back. <sighs> I just got to focus on selling fucking tickets and doing my stupid show. God damn it. I saw, uh, I saw Adam Knox, his show, uh, a few days ago. And like, that's what I mean. Like, thinking about friends of mine who have been doing the festival for a long time and are getting better things. Like, I just have it in my head that I want every year to be like, you know, last year was amazing. So the next year has to be more amazing and then more amazing. But it's like, friends of mine are doing like their third or fourth shows and like, Adam Knox got to host Festival Club. That's awesome, you know? And last year, no one was like... I mean, he had a good show. He's a good comic. But it wasn't like everyone was talking about him. You still get things. But I obviously want to be the center of attention, as does every comedian. Anyway, what am I fucking talking about? I went and saw Adam Knox's show. And um, and it was fucking great. I mean, the dude's so funny. The <laughs> Even the, like... The sound guy was losing his shit at some points just because Knox is like <laughs> just falling apart in front of everyone. And the audience are like losing their minds as well. And there was this one lady in the front. Oh my God. Um, at one point earlier on in the show, Knox has a joke where the punchline is like there's two girls on a tram talking about guys that they've slept with and then he pretends to be Spanish to sleep with them. That's the punchline. It's very silly. And, uh, and this girl in the front with her boyfriend didn't get the joke at all and l- literally said that, just went, I don't, I don't get it, I don't understand. Which is like, what are you, crazy? This is a show, shut up! But Knox is so lovely that he let that, ha- he was just like, no, that's fine, you can talk, you can talk, so you don't understand? And he kind of laughed for a second, she was like, and she goes, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think... Like, look at my boyfriend. She's, like, pointing to her boyfriend. She goes, my, my boyfriend kind of is a similar-looking kind of guy to you, and I I think he's beautiful. I'm attracted to him, so I don't think you're ugly. <laughs> and Knox is just like, I never... What? I never said that I think I'm ugly. Like, this girl is just thinks that Knox is calling himself ugly. That's the point of the joke that she's missed. And in trying to make him feel better, she's just made him feel so much worse. It was crazy. And everyone fucking lost their minds at that. All through the show, this girl was just fucking talking. At one point, Knox said something about fingering. And she was in the front. She just put her hands up like twinkly hands and just started doing doing twinkly hands like with her fingers. (sighs) I think about that and I think about how bummed Knox was about his show and how much I still loved it and everyone there still loved it so much and and like after the show he was just like I'm not happy with it and it's like to think that I wasn't happy with my show last night that 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 makes me like what am I trying to say he was so unhappy with his show and everyone still enjoyed it so much and if that's the case then maybe me being unhappy with my show last night doesn't mean that people didn't enjoy it, you know? Um, I mean, I get this is all well and good to think, but in a few days, Steve Bennett's review is going to come out and <laughs> I'm going to be real bummed if it's a bad review. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrifying. <sighs> I've also been fucking doing this writing this week, like, 
I'm busier with festival than I thought. Remember how fucking chipper I was last week? I need to be enjoying this more. Why am I not enjoying this more? <sighs> last week I was, um, maybe I just had, I think I just had a bad day yesterday. I think I just didn't get enough sleep. You know, when you don't get like, I, I don't know if, if this is just a me thing, but I mean, I was just talking about this five minutes ago. I really, my mood to me is something completely, uh, because it's, because it feels so real right now. Like whether I feel happy or sad or whatever, my mood, uh, the way I think about my mood is I forget that it's contingent on any other part of like what, like if I don't get enough sleep and then I'm in a bad mood at midday, I don't think, oh, it's because I didn't get enough sleep. Because it's a bad mood, it's so pervasive, you know, it's like it's like all-encompassing in my world, so I don't think I'm in a bad mood because I didn't get a lot of sleep, I just think I'm in a bad mood, and then I immediately go to like, well, I'm fucking not going to make any money from Comedy Festival, I'm going to have to get a job, I'm not going to be able to go overseas, I'm going to have to move back home with my mum, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just runs away, rather than just stopping and being like, oh, I only slept for five hours, so, of course, I'm probably tired. I start thinking like maybe I've got a degenerative disease and I'm never gonna be full of energy again. <laughs> maybe I need to give up like fatty foods. <laughs> I just start letting my thoughts fucking run away. Um, that's what it was yesterday. I reckon I just didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. Um. And I wasn't even drinking. I was just at a party. It was out late and, and fucking hanging out. And then... And then I, and then I refu- and then also the review thing. And I just refused to let myself be in a bad way. And I was trying to like push through, you know? Rather than just go, you know what? I'm, in a, I'm a grumpy boy right now. Um, and I've been doing this, yeah, I'm, I'm way busier with festival than what I thought I would be. And so I took on a little bit of writing work for um, this fucking person who I met in, uh, this lady that I met in, um, what do you call it, Adelaide. She's like doing writing for like corporate events and stuff. She does talks, makes a fucking good money, oh my word. But the first writing job I did for her was for a political debate. So it was just like roast jokes, you know, I'm just like ripping on politicians and and now the thing that i'm doing is she's standing up in front of a bunch of like disability workers and she's employed by their employers to talk to them about engagement and uh oh man i really like all right let me i'll read i'll read a couple of the jokes i've written and then i'll tell you why um, I'm finding out how stringent the rules are in a corporate environment for the things that you can say. Oh my God. This is a joke. Uh, let me find this bre- breastfeeding one. This is a joke that I thought was very good, on point, and all right. Talking about, uh, talking about like um, how engagement in the workplace um breeds like good feeling and so it's just important to always be open with people in communication okay and she's she's talking about how uh, when you communicate with people it releases oxytocin and the joke is oxytocin is released during childbirth um, it's also released during breastfeeding 
It's also responsible for that warm, fuzzy feeling you get when you hug someone. And another time oxytocin is released is when someone tells you, uh, is when you, uh, someone feels that you trust them. So if you take the time to explain to someone why you've taken a certain decision, then they get that same hit of oxytocin and that same warm, fuzzy feeling, which is great news for us in the workplace because um, you can just engage with someone in an honest way and that's a lot more practical than breastfeeding. Right, that's the joke. It's an easy joke. And breastfeeding is too close to sexual. Where was another one? I actually, I don't know why. I'm, no, I hate this. I hate that I'm telling these jokes now. Because also I haven't thought about that joke in a while. And I don't feel like I told it very well or did it any justice. Fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm reading jokes that I wrote for a corporate environment. <sighs> too much... Alright, let me think here. I just finished my tea. I was sitting here um, reading about the comedy festival before. I was watching Sam Campbell's Barry Acceptance fucking appearance on the project from last year. Fuck, that is funny. I was thinking like in the Herald Sun, they talk about how... Because uh, Sam Campbell's like super weird, you know? But they talk about how humble and polite he is. And I watched it again, and he really is very polite. And I remember watching it the first time and thinking like, yeah, fuck him. He's making all these guys look like fucking idiots, taking the piss out. And I think I was superimposing my own bitterness onto that video. He's such a polite boy. He calls them, he's he's like, you're, you're all so beautiful and famous. And he doesn't do it in a way of like, ugh, you guys are all so beautiful and famous. He's like, oh, you're all so beautiful and famous. It's really nice. He's so lovely, and I'm so bitter. <sighs> What's another one of these fucking jokes? <laughs> um, oh, there's one that I did. Uh, no, that's not a good joke. You know what? Maybe none of the jokes that I've written. Maybe I just wrote a bunch of bad jokes. And she was like, no, we can't say breastfeeding. But actually, she's just like, ugh, this breastfeeding joke is a no good. <laughs> Maybe she's like desperate to talk about breastfeeding and it's like, oh, can someone write me one good fucking breastfeeding joke that isn't... I was proud of that because I thought like I linked oxytocin and breastfeeding and I thought it was a tapestry, but reading it back, I, nah, I don't like it. <laughs> I fucking, I dated it. Uh, <laughs> what about this one? As young people, 80% of our decision-making cells want us to take risks like drink driving or listening to techno. <laughs> is that a funny joke? Like listening to techno is as risky as drink driving? Uh, <laughs> I thought this was funny. Oh, here. All right. Um, courage. Uh, talking about courage. Courage is that awful feeling in your gut when you know you have to do something. Like when you hear your alarm go off in the morning and you know you need to get up and go to work. So you summon up all your courage and you reach for your phone so you can tell your boss, I quit. Uh, maybe you don't know how you're going to feed your kids, but you need to have the courage to not care. I think that's a pretty funny joke. That's fun, right? It's a little flip back at the end. Um, and she said she can't use that because... It's like encouraging people to quit their jobs. And I also understand that, but it's just like, man. If anything, it just makes me fucking hate these employers. Like, And that's what she was saying. She was saying like, uh, it's a bummer because she feels more... She's being employed by the bosses of these disability workers to t 
tell the disability workers in a fun, approachable way that they need to work harder so that the bosses can make more money. And the way that she's trying to get them to work harder is by like creating more engagement so they love their jobs, they're happier in their work and then they work harder without asking for more money. I think that's how she's explained it to me. And this, like not allowing a joke like that, that might, maybe even though it's a joke, might encourage someone to think that it's a good idea to quit their job. Her saying that she's not allowed to say that just makes me think, fuck me, man. These people like it's really draconian it's like it's it's like they won't allow anything that might hurt their bottom line i guess like fuck these fuck these fucking corporate cunts that's why i'm so stoked that i'm i'm getting any amount of money for writing these jokes so i don't have to stand in front of them and like she's basically said to me she feels more connected to the people who she's giving the speeches to rather than her employers, but her employers are paying her money. So she's got to figure out a way to be able to speak to these people and get them to do what the employers want without feeling like she's compromising her own integrity. And that's fucking tough. And that's why she's getting paid $12,000 and I'm getting paid 200 I don't know if I could do that. I don't I don't think I could do that for $12,000. Fuck. But fucking she's got three kids, you know? And I and I've got a $100 virgin gift card. <laughs> a $100 virgin wines gift card that I just found on the floor of my room. This is my responsibility. This is what I need to nurture and protect. Um I actually, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to read the fucking gift card. I'm writing for another lady and she's got no performance experience and I'm a little bit worried about that because I don't know if I'm good enough as a writer to communicate how to perform my jokes to someone who's not used to performing on stage. But that is for another conversation because I don't think anyone listening to this podcast actually cares about that. Oh... Let me talk about. Uh, <laughs> I don't have. I don't have a song recommendation this week, but I do have uh, a song to not listen to, which is um, my Discover Weekly this week was easily, easily the worst Discover Weekly of my fucking Spotify career. Two years, and it's come to this. This is Spotify. The song is "Rock with You" by. Say Jorge and Almaz from the album Say Jorge and Almaz. Um, and this dude, it's 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 a cover of that Rock With You fucking, um, that's a Michael Jackson song, right? Yeah. All night, dance you through to the sunlight. And look, it's a pretty shit cover. My Discover Weekly this week was just full of fucking garbage. Oh my God. There was a Hot 8 brass band. And then there was just all, just covers. Just so many fucking covers and disco songs. Ugh. I don't want to listen to fucking disco, man. A disco is shit. Disco actually sucks dick. I thought for a minute that I was into disco, but it really is, it takes all of the distinguished parts from other genres of music and mashes them together into one garbage pile of shit. 
It's too slow. You can't dance to it. It's fucking... It just reminds me of white people is what disco is. And that's all my fucking Discover Weekly was this week. And how, like, right now, how is Spotify going to throw up a Michael Jackson cover on my Discover Weekly? Like, maybe you haven't heard of this in the middle of, like, the the tearing down of Michael Jackson's legacy worldwide in the public eye. I, I mean, what a fucking song to throw up. I guess that shows that the algorithm for Spotify doesn't care about <laughs> molestation of children. <laughs> they haven't built that clause in yet. Oh, I wonder if it would... I wonder what other things it wouldn't care about. Like, I wonder if, uh... If, if like, the Ku Klux Klan released a really groovy, groovy funk tune about, you know, racism and, and white supremacy. I wonder if Spotify would be like, well, you know, I don't know if you'll agree with the politics of this, but you do listen to a lot of George Clinton. George Clinton? Yeah, it's George Clinton. Yeah. And imagine, yeah, you've listened to all black artists who are like funk artists. And then they're like, well, if you like that, then you'll probably like this. And it's just the Ku Klux Klan singing some fucking, you know, time to the cross or whatever. I don't know what they do. Is that what they do? No, they just put crosses in their front yards and burn them, don't they? They don't tie people to the cross. That'd be way too religious imagery. Like, why do they do that? Why do they tie? Let me, let me ask Google. Why did the Ku Klux Klan tie people? No. Fuck. No. Shut up. (laughs) Why did the Ku Klux Klan burn crosses in people's front yards? Let's see what... (laughs) Why did Ku Klux Klan burn crosses? Uh, 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 uh. Because, let's find out. Fucking, this is good. This is way more exciting than me bitching about my fucking comedy festival. Although it won't be exciting if the page doesn't load. The Supreme Court heard arguments in Virginia versus Blazers 2002. Oh! Oh my God! They're they're sussing out whether it qualifies as protected speech under the First Amendment to burn a cross. Wow. Why do they do that? Medieval Europe... um, the days before floodlights, Scottish clans set hillside crosses ablaze as symbols of defiance against military rivals to, or to rally troops when a battle was imminent. And I guess the Ku Klux Klan idealized medieval Europe because it was racially pure. Little do they know that back then there were just different subsets of white people who hated each other. <sighs> well, that's a nice... I was hoping that was going to be funnier, to be honest, but... Um, Fuck, I hated that fucking song, man. Rock, I just... <laughs> That's what I've got. Some Brazilian guy in 2010, the year after Michael Jackson got, died, thought, you know what? I want to do a nice cover of Michael Jackson's song, Rock With You, the king of pop. And nine years later, I'm like, why do the Ku Klux Klan burn crosses in black people's front yards? <sighs> this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at this week. I just need to accept it. I remember when Michael Jackson died. I was actually really sad. And I've always thought I don't think I had a right to be sad. I didn't really care about Michael Jackson. But I remember being in... I think it was in Adelaide. Yeah, 2009. I would definitely be even I would definitely have been in Adelaide. I was in a cafe somewhere by myself. Which was odd for that time. Because that was... I would have been 18. So that would have been like... 
before I was really going to cafes, but for some reason that day, I remember being in a cafe, having a tea, I reckon, and I saw on the front page of the paper, Michael Jackson, the King of Pop, dies. Or maybe I knew, but I'd like not sat down and kind of read about it yet. And I remember reading the big features, the whole like, you know, like two page or four page spread about him. And I remember, I think I cried. I think I cried into the newspaper. And it was just wild because it was like, I, I, I reckon I'd, the reason I cried was because that was the first really globally famous person who had died in my life that I knew about beforehand and what, but I was never a big Michael Jackson fan. I don't care. Like it's just, you know, ABC, one, two, three, whatever, all those songs, the, the Simpsons episode, which they've pulled now because of the fucking, because he touched all those kids. Yeah. I just remember crying and, and at the same time being like, this is nice. I get to have a cry. And I feel connected to everyone else who cares about this. And at the same time, kind of feeling like a fraud. Being like, do I really, did I really earn this? Do I actually feel sad? Or am I just excited to be feeling something? And, uh, and <laughs> when I heard that song yesterday, much the same. I just didn't like the song. But I was like, how dare they put this song on right now? Because of all the things that have happened recently. But I don't really actually care about that stuff either. I just didn't like the song. And I wish Spotify had given me more songs that I would like on my Discover Weekly. So that I don't have to find them myself. And I think the reason I was annoyed about that is because I was just in a bad mood. Maybe if I was in a good mood when I'd heard that, I would have been like, oh, that's super funny. <laughs> Spotify's thing fucked up. But I didn't find it funny. I was like annoyed. I was like, fuck you, Spotify, for not having a political clause built into your algorithm. I'm in a bad mood. I'm still in a bad... No, I think I'm in a better mood now. Fuck, I don't know. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. There's fucking 20 seconds left before I get to half an hour. I'm, uh... I hope my show goes well tonight. I got three tickets sold. Thank you to everyone who's come so far. Some of them have been good, honestly. And some of them have been bad. And last night's was fine. (sighs) And there's... 20 more to go. 20? 20. 20 more left. I've been Aiden Jones, and this has been Sitting Under a Tree. Cheers.